Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with Clean Farms and find out about their record 2020 year. Also, Brian Peria with Canfax will stop by to talk about the cattle markets. Up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the Executive Director with the Manitoba 4-H Council. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba 4-H Council is offering four scholarships with a total value of $42,500 towards continuing education. Don Krinka is Executive Director. Well, we're very excited to announce these four new scholarships. Um, and as you would see from the press release, they're in, going to be awarded in honour of our four long-serving um, leaders. We're very, um, very excited to get these out and excited to see what applications we'll get from our current members and alumni. Yeah, and it's a total of um, forty two thousand five hundred. Um, now, is, is is that split up? I guess uh, four ways then, or yes, yeah. it is. Um, there's a tw- a twelve thousand five hundred scholarship, and then three at ten thousand dollars. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the four people who were honored with these scholarships. As I said, they're four of our longest serving leaders. Um, Florette Gynart unfortunately passed away earlier this year. So we're very, but we're very happy to award that in honor, um, and her family have been advised. The other three leaders are, as you can, as some um, forty-seven years for Rona Campoli, forty-five years for Rose Taylor, and forty-four years for Margaret Biden's. So, um, yeah, they they've been staunch supporters of forage for a lot of years. Don, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how someone can apply. I guess, what is the uh, eligibility requirements? Uh, they have to be um, 18 before the 31st of December this year. So before the 31st of December 2021. Um, and have to have been in forage for five years um, during, at some time, to be eligible to apply and there's a, there's an essay that they um, need to um, to write in their application? Yes, there is an essay, a 450 to 500-word essay on how their future education will enable them to make um, a, le- a leadership role, future leadership role in agriculture, environmental st- sustainability, or their community as a whole. This is part of the, um, the province's um, million-dollar endowment fund, is that right? Yes, yeah. it is. The endowment fund is held by Brandon Community Foundation, um, so we're we're excited to work with them too. And I guess going forward, uh, this will be something that's offered every year, then, or it will. Yeah. Yes, it'll be offered every year. Um, going forward, it'll be offered earlier in the year, but this was the first year, so just getting everything organised and set up to start this year, it's it's just advertised now on the first of June. Going forward, it should be advertised at the beginning of the year. These scholarships, what would that mean to, to a 4-H student, you know, looking to continue education? It's a it's a pretty pretty good chunk of change there. <laughs> it is. Um, we're optimistic that it would enable some people who maybe didn't go on to university at the beginning um, when they left school or who are looking to go back and do some further education will enable them to, um, to afford to go back and do it. It's, University does cost quite a considerable amount of money, um, so you know it is it is a good amount of of money. Um, 
we're we're hopeful that it will enable some people to continue um, with their education or to go back to education and uh, and do something they may have been putting off because they couldn't quite afford to do it. That was Don Krenka, Executive Director of the Manitoba 4-H Council. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The JBS Beef Processing Facility in Alberta is back up and running after a cyber attack earlier this week impacted the company's operations in North America and Australia. We got the details from Brian Peria, Senior Analyst at Canfax. We don't have all the details of what happened, but obviously there's been some hacking going on that got into their database or into their... uh computer system, I should say, and uh, basically it started in Australia where they haven't, they've been struggling the most um, and haven't been running for a few days, and it did affect North America, Canada, luckily. Um, so on Monday, JBS did not run, but by Tuesday afternoon already, they uh, were putting in their second shift, and uh, sounds like they're pretty much going as normal. Uh, the U.S. is impacted, obviously. They're, they're facing a bit of a backlog of cattle already, so uh, certainly a concern when they went down. But it sounds like, for the most part, uh, the U.S. packers are, are close to normal. Peria says the plant will likely run Saturday to make up for lost time. And in Canada, roughly one quarter of cereal-based food is wasted. Along with that, 18% of fruits and vegetables go to waste, all at the consumer level, which doesn't count food that's thrown out from stores or restaurants. The large level of food waste is causing Reynold Bergen, science director with the Beef Cattle Research Council, to find a way to reduce waste by turning it into cattle feed. Food stores will, you know, they'll have bruised apples. Nobody's going to buy them, so they'll just throw them out. What we're saying is in, instead of seeing you get thrown into the dumpster and hauled off to the, to the landfill, if you do live close enough to town to make it make sense, talk to the store. See if they'll put that stuff aside. All food fed to livestock must be approved by the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, June 3rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a cattle market update from Brian Peria with Canfax. The JBS Beef Processing Facility in Alberta is back up and running after a cyber attack earlier this week impacted the company's operations in North America and Australia. We got the details from Brian Peria, Senior Analyst with Canfax. We don't have all the details of what happened, but obviously there's been some hacking going on that got into their, into their, uh, into their database or into their uh, computer system, I should say. And uh, basically it started in Australia where they haven't, they've been struggling the most um, and haven't been running for a few days, and it did affect North America, uh, Canada, luckily. Um, so on Monday, JBS did not run, but by Tuesday afternoon already, they uh, were putting in their second shift, and uh, sounds like they're pretty much going as normal. Uh, the U.S. is impacted, obviously. They're, they're facing a bit of a backlog of cattle already, so uh, certainly a concern when they went down, but it sounds like for the most part, uh, the U.S. packers are, are close to normal. Um, you know, they were able, they, in their news release, were saying that, uh, you know, they were able to uh, have access all their backed up data and such, and were able then to just bring that forward and continue on. So um, not maybe as devastating as it initially sounded. So hopefully we're, we're through that uh, scare for the most part. In Alberta there, things are pretty much back to normal then? or Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, Monday, like I said, they, they lost a day and a half. They'll probably run Saturday to make that up, uh, you know, maybe again, 
put more focus on the fed cattle. But, uh, yeah, I would say for the most part, there's a bit of a sigh of relief, I, I think, at this point, as long as, you know, continues to go smoothly now. Give us the latest on the prices. Yeah, well, and that all said, so it sounds like for the most part, our prices are still steady this week. Uh, you know, we're, we're in good shape. Our basis, we continue to be at a huge premium to the United States, pretty much record large. Uh, we're 18, 19 cents a pound premium to the U.S. Fed market. Um, and so we're around that one, mid 160s, um, you know, fat price on that, which is probably close to a break even. You know, see lots of not had met much profits the last uh, couple of years, but they might even be a few a few dollars profit, some of these cattle. So overall, not too, too bad. i uh, like to see more profits, but uh, it's, it's better than it's been for sure. With the dry conditions, is that going to impact things, you know, as we move along here into the summer? Well, it could. You know, uh, certainly the U.S., we've seen they've had some huge cow slaughters down there. So the U.S. cow herd shrinking. Uh, Western Canada and Manitoba, yeah, there's been some, you know, a few places they've even had some pears being sold. Um, we've got some rain in a lot of areas, but, you know, it hasn't really been enough. We're certainly going to need quite a bit more. Uh, it was just so dry prior to the rains. Uh, I'd say right now we're not seeing any too much of a change. You know, auction mart numbers are really dwindling and such. So, so far we're just crossing our fingers. We get some moisture without too much more heat, but certainly yeah, it could could continue to see a few more cows uh, move around. I know Manitoba, as I said, had some pears sales and such. Uh, just got to keep an eye on it. But as for the time, time being, we're, we're just holding tight. Any final thoughts? Or? You know, ultimately, continue to watch green markets extremely volatile. So, uh, you know, watching that and the Canadian dollar. That was Brian Peria, Senior Analyst at Canfax. Reynold Bergen is the science director with the Beef Cattle Research Council, and he's looking for ways that grocery stores, restaurants, and individual households could help feed cattle with food waste. He talked with reporter Blaze Wozniak and discussed how much food waste there is in Canada and how we could turn that into cattle feed. It's obviously not the sort of thing that gets measured every day in every house, right? But but there are a few stats available and, and you know, some of the more eye catching ones that came out a couple of years ago indicated that, you know, roughly a quarter of, you know, the, the cereal based food in, in consumers households ends up getting thrown out. So that's stuff like bread that went moldy or, or cereal that, you know, the kid dumped on the floor or that sort of thing. You know, eighteen percent of apples fruit fruit and vegetables so apples and lettuce and stuff that turns to mush in that silage bin at the bottom of your fridge you know 15 percent of carrots and potatoes that kind of stuff that you know it adds up that's all at the consumer level that doesn't include what got thrown out at the store to begin with it doesn't include restaurants it doesn't include what happened on the farm so it's substantial so with this talk of being able to turn wasted food into livestock feed, uh, would this food be coming from, would it just be the average everyday resident that you would essentially just kind of encourage them to donate it? Or would this be coming from larger box stores or restaurants or something like that? Well, it actually, it starts even further back. I mean, there's there's a global initiative right now to, to try to reduce global food loss and food waste by 50% over the next you know, less than 10 years. And so there's two terms there. There's food loss and then there's food waste. 
And so food waste is what I was just talking about, right? The stuff that you scrape off your plate or, or empty out of your fridge. But food loss is a big part of that as well. And that's what happens on the farm, right? So if there's a, a, a you know, a drought and, and some of that feed that gets harvested is just too shriveled for the, the, the miller to even be interested in, or even they'd even consider stuff like malt barley that fails to make the grade would be considered to be food loss because it doesn't enter a, a human mouth. And so the, the livestock angle to this is just because food isn't um, directly eaten by a human doesn't mean that it's you know totally wasted because we can still use that to feed livestock. So we can take food that doesn't make the grade for human consumption and turn it into really high quality human food by feeding it to to livestock. So how would that process work then uh, with a food loss or food that's being that could go to waste? Uh, how would that be turned into livestock feed? Well, on so the, the the food on the food loss side of it, I mean, a lot of that's well established stuff, right? It's it's byproducts from you know whether it's canola screenings or wheat screenings or or off grade barley or wheat. That stuff is already turning into livestock feed. The food waste side of it, so the the, the food that gets thrown out at a at a restaurant or at a retail store or at a household that is trickier so um typically what will happen now is when when food goes bad at a at a grocery store that sort of thing can be used for for livestock provided two things there's a the canadian food inspection agency is the ones who make the rules about what is legal to feed to livestock and what's not and so provided you know cabbages on that list you could go to your you know your local co-op and see if they got any spoiled cabbage and you could take that home and feed your cattle that kind of thing so that that's kind of the one thing is is it listed in the rules the other thing is do you live close enough to a retail food store to make that worthwhile that was Reynold Bergen with the Beef Cattle Research Council chatting with Golden West's Blaze Wozniak. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Blaze Wozniak, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. An Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. Canadian farmers set a record recycling rate for egg plastic jugs in 2020 with 76% return compared to 71% in 2019. Barry Friesen is Clean Farms Executive Director. Well, we are quite excited, Corey, in the fact that uh, we reached 76% uh, recovery rate for all of the jugs. These are jugs under 23 litres. The vast majority of them are 10 litre in size. And it was a record year. Ultimately, we want to catch them all, capture them all. And uh, we had some very interesting things. Surveys of farmers have shown that uh, over 90% of the farmers participate. We still get 76% of the jugs back, which means 
not everybody's doing it 100% of the time, but it's getting better every year. Talk about, uh, you know, the programs you offer uh, or the collection sites, you know, and um, where people are taking these. Well, currently in Manitoba, they're at municipal sites. There's about 110 different sites where farmers can take back their containers for recycling. Uh, the, the sites all have a designated area for these containers, and uh, all we ask is that farmers triple or pressure rinse the containers, bring them back, and we'll take them off their hands uh, right at the site. Uh, my contractor, which is in St. John Baptiste, uh, just south of Winnipeg, uh, is Miller, uh, Miller Environmental. They'll pick up the containers. They uh, convert them into plastic pellets uh, or plastic shred that they wash, and then we sell that to, into, to be made into new plastic products. It's a great sort of circular economy motion, uh, and the, the materials that are mainly made out of these containers our drain tile, which is used right back in the drain tile fields on the farm. The jugs that don't make it to the back to the recycling, um, are they just ending up in the landfill then? or For the most part, that's what happens to them. Unfortunately, they go and uh, sometimes get commingled with other waste streams. Farmers do uh, have other waste products uh, that, they, that they have, and sometimes it goes in the dumpster or who's ever. Uh, they get busy and they don't uh, rinse their containers properly, and so... Perhaps they, they dispose of them indiscriminately in the landfill. But uh, the vast majority of them are coming back through the program. And I, I think, as I said, as we offer more programs, there's less and less going into the regular dumpster. They separate the materials, prop- and uh, they can take them back for recycling. And, you know, farmers are some of the first stewards of the earth. They look after the land, and they want to leave their land in as good or better condition as possible. And by recycling, this contributes to that uh, overall better environmental condition. That was Barry Friesen, Executive Director at Clean Farms. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Dry conditions could impact the cattle industry heading into summer. Brian Peria is with Canfax. Certainly the U.S. We've seen they've had some huge cow slaughters down there. So the U.S. cow herd shrinking. Uh, Western Canada and Manitoba, yeah, there's been some, you know, a few places. They've even had some pears being sold. We've got some rain in a lot of areas, but, you know, it hasn't really been enough. We're certainly going to need quite a bit more. Uh, it was just so dry prior to the rains say right now we're not seeing any too much of a change you know auction mart numbers are really dwindling and such so so far we're just crossing our fingers we get some moisture without too much more heat but certainly i could continue to see a few more cows uh move around i know manitoba as i said had some pears sales and such uh just got to keep an eye on it meanwhile the jbs beef processing facility in alberta is back up and running after a cyber attack earlier this week impacted the company's operations in north america and australia And in Canada, 18% of fruits and vegetables that are bought go to waste, as well as roughly a quarter of cereal-based products. That's not including stores and restaurants. Reynold Bergen with the Beef Cattle Research Council wants to turn that waste into cattle feed. Bruised produce bakery products and that sort of thing are really good, especially if they're not bagged, right? Because if if you buy a bunch of bagged bread, then you got to do two things. You got to tear it all out of the bag before you feed it to the cow, but also you got to somehow get rid of all that plastic. All food fed to livestock must be approved by the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. 
today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll take a look at this week's crop report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.